Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? June 25th edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. We are going to recap UFC Oklahoma and Bellator 180, Bellator New York City, and and the debacle that just took place moments ago uh, in OKC. I want to start off with that, but I'm joined, as always, uh, by Sean Rossap. Follow him online at Sean Rossap. Yours truly, at Showdown Joe. Give us a follow at Fightful MMA and at Fightful Online. Uh, Sean, uh, Mario Yamasaki, I I don't like to say much about referees, but one show ago, he's he's got he's waiting until someone's brain's coming out of their ear to stop the fight, and then this one here, he just stops the fight when Kiesa's is still fighting. We're really going to lead with that. We don't have. We're to. not going to lead with the fact that in one month I will be in Toronto. We can talk about that if you like, but I don't know. If I anybody... cannot believe you are leading with this questionable, maybe important situation, and not the fact that we will be at a Jays game in one month. Uh, that is correct. I thought that was a rumor, but it's a fact now. Okay, you made it public. It is a fact. It is a fact. I have my my travel information. I am, in fact, myself and my wife, we are coming to Toronto in one month. We are going to have a live The List and your boy. We are going to uh, be at a Jays game. All kinds of fun stuff. Who are they playing? The A's. The A's. Okay. Yeah. Well, Who Jimmy, I absolutely uh, hate. Oh, that's good. Well. Yeah, Jimmy Van sent me the text, like, uh, was it July 27th or something like that? Make sure you're free, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sean's coming up. I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go to a Jays game during the day. I'm like, oh, boy, you're going to put the three of us in the Rogers Center? <laughs> Nothing good's going to come from that. But uh, get kicked out of there. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't be my first time. Wait, what? No. Really? Have you been kicked out no, of the, the Sky Dome? I almost got kicked out of the old uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, or the Maple Leaf Gardens. I started an Eddie chant when Eddie Belfort was playing for Dallas, and the security guards weren't happy, so I did it again. Uh, and they tried to escort, tried to get me out of there, and the fans were like, what are you doing? Like, the guy's just, whatever. I was young. I was crazy. I was fearless. So I was got kicked out of the, uh, in Quebec, the uh, Colossae, uh, a while ago. Uh, that was a while ago. Well, I, 18, I'll so. just say, I'm going to get you kicked out of the Sky Dome. 
All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, lots to discuss here, guys. Live chat. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, top right of your screen. Uh, by all means, throw up your thoughts, comments about anything and everything that we are discussing uh, at the moment or if anything you'd like to discuss, any questions. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- there's already conversations there talking about uh, Yamasaki. Uh, and, and that, I don't know, man, that just drives me nuts when I see that kind of stuff. And he stops a fight. <laughs> There's just no top. Joe, Joe, it's just two weeks after you had Frank Trigg on Holy Smokes MMA podcast, which airs Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, live, by the way, talking about how he was screaming at his TV about Yamasaki. Imagine now. Yeah. Man, I guess I guess Yamasaki's uh he was like, I'm not letting this one go too long. Well that well that's I I mean after I calmed down for a bit and I was I was coming upstairs to start off the podcast and get on this computer, I was like, I wonder if he was sort of almost like trigger happy to the point where I was like, Well, I got in trouble for the last time, I let that one go way too long. I better stop these fights a little quicker, start paying attention more. And it's like, you know, like did he think Kiesa was out? Like did it show something in his eyes where he was out? He was fighting it. Well, a little bit. He had kind of abandoned all hand fighting, and he I don't think he went limp, but he did stop hand fighting. He wasn't trying to peel the arm, anything like that. Do I think that Kiesa was going to win? No. But can I say for certain that he wasn't going to get out of it? No, I can't. I can't sit there an hour after watching Justine Keish get out of one of the tightest-looking rear-naked jokes I've seen and fought it for a long time. I can't with 100% confidence say that Michael Kiesa wasn't going to get out of that. Now, when Tony Ferguson went up on UFC's post show, he said, you know, he w- Michael Chiesa was feeling the flow. No, he was not feeling the flow. He was feeling Kevin Lee's fist go into his face repeatedly. He was feeling Kevin Lee's arm across his throat. He was about to lose. If you were to ask me, I was going to say, Kevin Lee's going to win this fight. There, I didn't see any way that Chiesa was coming back. I saw nothing from Chiesa that led me to believe this wouldn't happen for the remaining four rounds. However... That's why you fight the rounds. You can't operate on that assumption. And maybe Mario Yamasaki operated on an assumption, but that was a bad stoppage. And if you're just if people are justifying the stoppage, that's weird. I had people say, "Well, I've seen people so, uh, stop it seconds earlier." Well, then they were wrong. Those people were wrong. Those refs were wrong. Just because somebody else did it and maybe did it wrong too doesn't make all of it's it's absurd it's weird this is taking people's lives into your hand and this is michael chiesa who hadn't fought in over a year and now if he wants to fight kevin lee again he even if they let him i don't want a rematch but even if they let him then he's waiting six months i don't know man I think there's going to be pressure to put on a rematch. Uh, the UFC's going to hear about it. You know, I'm pretty sure social media is going to be all over it. Uh, in my opinion, with Yamasaki looking at that situation, um, w- while I'm looking at this fight, I'm thinking, you know, Kies is not getting out. But, you know, I've c- kind of got my eye on the clock saying, well, you know, he's still an elite fighter. He's number five, number six in the world. Give him the benefit of the doubt. And no matter what, you cannot stop the fight unless – he taps unless the fighter taps or you basically can visually see because they're face up that he's unconscious. You grab his arm real quick. You know, you got to do it. You, you, you know, big John showed us in the course, you know, you got to just move the arm. If the arm comes right back down, it's like dead weight. It's over. Like stop the fight, but you can't just sit there and think, ah, he's about to tap because I've seen it. And I'm sure you've seen it, Sean. And anyone that's watched mixed martial arts before, how many times you've seen someone in a submission where you, it's called the, it's the jolt of the hand where it just goes up and they're about to, and then they just kind of pull it back, and they, and they realize, oh, my God, no, I can't stop. I can't quit. So that could have happened right to Kiesa, but we'll never know. 
what we know is that Kevin Lee does emerge victorious uh, in a situation. They're calling him Yamasaki on the on the chat right now, but um, yeah. it's 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 very unfortunate. And I, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, someone posted a comment that the UFC uh, should be selecting the refs. I respectfully disagree with that. Uh, do not let the promoters ever assign the refs. They can say, you know what, we want this ref, that ref, that ref, but mm-hmm. it's up to the commission to determine. These are, the, these are the refs that are going to be licensed, and then it's up to them to determine who gets uh, put into what uh, fight. Now, Yamasaki is extremely experienced. I'm sure the, the athletic commission said, you know what, this guy's very experienced. He should, he's probably the most experienced on the card. Put him in the main event. But at some point, you got to look at his history recently and say, holy smokes, no, I don't think so, man. No, not yet. I completely agree. I 100% agree. Like I said, I really don't want them to run this fight back. It looks like UFC 219 or whatever the hell it is might be in December in Detroit, uh, early December. Very bad time to have a UFC event in Detroit middle of winter. Right? It's so weird to me that they would do that. It's weird to me that WWE would tour there. Why do you not go to warm cities almost exclusively in, in the winter snowy months and save Detroit for like, May through, or I mean, even April through, well, April may be a stretch sometimes, but May through September or October, that's kind of a weird booking, but Kevin Lee is the real deal in this division. He's somebody you got to watch out. He's got those two losses to to Santos and Iaquinta, and he was a very young fighter. He's a very young fighter now. He's 24. He won't be 25 for, for another couple of months. So losing to Leonardo Santos when you're barely 23, I think he was, and losing to Ally Aquinta as young as he was, there are worse things in this world than that. And since since the Aquinta loss, he's like nine and one. That's very very impressive. You've he's got a fantastic a, fighter. You got these set of guys at lightweight in Habib and Ferguson and Kevin Lee, and these young guys, and then you've got these other people like. Nate Diaz, who won't fight right now, but you, you've got the Barbosas and Eddie Alvarez's. You've got some guys who have been around for a while. Love this division. This is the type of thing if you you could you could run a full fight card off the lightweight division, and it would be all just like badass fights. Yeah, I mean, some of well, you take a look at some of the caliber of fights that we saw tonight. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to hold it back. I was just like, okay, I'm bored. Like, can we just get some action? There was better action in Bellator last night. And I was sitting there going tonight, like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? Can we just get the pace picked up a little bit here? And then it did. We got to the main card there, except for the, the BJ Penn fight, which, which we'll touch on. But uh, actually, the Guido fight was pretty good. Uh, we did see some crazy knockouts. But uh, just, we'll continue moving down there in terms of, of Lee and Chiesa. Um, so just final statement or final thought. You don't think they'll do the rematch or you don't want to see the rematch? They might, but I'll tell you one thing. If you're Michael Chiesa saying let's keep the hype alive that is not is a bad. way to keep the hype alive. Yeah. That's not the way you do it. You also, in person. yes, his mother was there, just like Kevin Lee said she would be. So what the hell was the point in going after him? That's all Kevin Lee said was, I heard his mom's going to be there. Did you see the, <laughs> the Tommy Toehold skit about that? No, I didn't. Is it good? Where Tommy to- Tommy told yeah Tommy told did a thing for UFC tonight where they had like Kiesa and Lee at pressers and and Kiesa was just pissed off pissed off over everything. Kevin Lee's like yeah I'm gonna wear green socks and Kiesa's like green socks fuck you. <laughs> goes after. <laughs> about green socks. That's awesome. 
Yeah, Tommy yeah. Joel was awesome. Good. He's fantastic. Good stuff. All right, uh, Tim Boach. I was going to tweet it out that, you know, because sometimes as we get closer, I don't tweet about all the fights, generally speaking, but once we get into the Fox show uh, and especially the, the the main card, I'll start mentioning, okay, guys, here's what's next, blah, blah, blah. I was going to type it and say, all right, co-main event up next at, U- at hashtag UFC OKC, light heavyweight Johnny Hendricks taking on middleweight Tim Boach. Ta-da, maybe I won't do that, but weird MMA karma got to Johnny Hendricks tonight because Tim Boach put a hurting on him. Yeah, maybe head kicked him out of any bit of relevance that he had. You think he's done here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it depends. How many fights does he have left on his contract? I think he's got two, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm watching. The, I'm looking at these clips about how Justin Keish apparently shit her pants tonight. Disturbing. All right. <laughs> okay. I guess... We we will talk about that in a moment, but <laughs> that choke was not extremely tight. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Oh man, wow! I'm gonna Jordan have to Lane. You. Jordan Lane just said Hendricks on his way to Bellator. LOL. Yeah, I would think so, but the thing is, he ain't never making 170 again. Will he make 185? Who knows? Maybe he can fight King Mo. Pretty much, that's going to get to. They, they just have these these crazy catchweight divisions in Bellator if they have to. Like, I mean, it's it's just. Well, for any negative thing I say about King Mo, he'll make any weight you tell him to make. If you tell him to make 145, he'll find a way to do it. He'll chop off his legs and arms and whatever he's got to do to make weight. Uh, I have got a lot of respect for King Mo in that regard and that he just – he's a professional, at least there. But how about Tim Boach? As, as I called them a couple of days ago, two American sirloin beef sons of bitches. That's perfect. And uh, That's such a Tim Boach is one – Tim Boach has won three or four. It looked like his career was done. Like when they gave him that Josh Saman fight a, a year ago, I, that was kind of a favor. That was like, okay, well, you've lost four or five. You've lost three in a row, but we like you. Here's a fight. And now he's he's back on the back in his winning ways. And- well, I can tell you this. I know the UC is pissed at Johnny Hendricks. Uh, they're probably extremely happy with Tim Boach that Tim Boach did what he just did because, you know, did you count how many times I felt like John Anik was mandated to mention that Johnny Hendricks missed weight? That's Dana White. That's Dana White telling the executive producer, telling the producer, you get Anik's year, you mention it in the show. It's just my opinion, by the way. But it's you mention it in the show that he missed weight here. Every, every time you mention Johnny Hendricks, you mention he missed weight because he's a former 170-er. He couldn't make weight. We brought him back up to it. We said, that's it. You can't. No more. You're going to 185. And now you can't even make weight at 185. Like, what's next for Johnny Hendricks? Light heavyweight? There's no way. <laughs> I mean, if if I were him, why the hell not? That, See if it'll work. Yeah, it's a bad division. It's very shallow, that's for sure. It is. See if it'll work. What's the worst that could happen? You lose. Seems to be happening an awful lot lately. Yeah, it's just, oh, man. Let's talk about somebody shitting their pants. It's disturbing. Felice she, did. She, shit, she shit her pants. Justin Key shit her pants. I have straight up been told I got sent a message by somebody who was watching the show who was there and said, yes. Uh, the person who cleaned it up said it was. So you can honestly say that Felice Herring choked the shit out of Justin Keish. I was waiting for you to say that. There you go. But that's uh yeah that's uh that's disturbing. I've seen crazy things happen when people get choked out. I've seen mucus come out of various of the body. 
But uh, yeah, that's think, that's uh, maybe maybe that's Yamasaki's line of thinking. He was like, I can't have two people shitting their pants in one night. That's not going down. Did he do the girls' fight or the ladies' fight? I don't know, but I mean, still, I mean, it's still. I, I doubt he did. It was two fights prior, but I mean, two loads of duty in one cage, Joe. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's just uh, what's uh, what's uh, You can't run the double stack in in the UFC cage. Uh, Mister Decro one twenty one. People might blame Mario a lot by Kevin Lee. But Kevin Lee was not going to let go. Mario might have saved Kiesa from permanent brain damage, and everyone is no, <sighs> no, no. Stop that! He was in no imminent danger. That's not the way this this works. He was not in danger of permanent brain damage. I have. Do you know how many people, Joe, have came into the gym? And said, well, I don't want to get strangled to death. And I was like, well, if I hold on to it for a solid two and a half minutes, then maybe. On it's average, not when you the get way this works. On average, when you get choked unconscious, it takes about four seconds to be revived. Yeah. That's it. That's why, that's why if you ever hear somebody say, oh, I accidentally strangled somebody. Well, they're full of shit. Yeah. You don't accidentally strangle somebody. No, you don't. Uh, you don't get brain damage from from being choked out. You get brain damage from concussive blows uh, that generally show up later on uh, years. But appreciate the sentiment, guys. Keep going with the comments. Girls, keep going with the comments. Top right of your screen. Um, before we give, uh, just one one second. Does this victory for Tim Boach, by the way, do anything for him in the division? Might put him in the top fifteen again. Him and uh, our boy Elias have been in and out of that spot right there and it might get him back in there might not because if elias wins in what next weekend next weekend yep yeah. not not weekend. actually not next weekend it's the, the weekend 14th. after yeah yeah or no, no no it's it's the seventh he fights on the seventh but um is the seventh next weekend holy smokes the summer's going by no, no yeah it's it's next week not next weekend okay so yeah but uh he could they could trade in there. I mean, Uriah Hall's still hanging around in the top 15. I don't know. All right. No, yeah, I think, it's, I think it does a little something. All right. I just wanted to see what your thoughts on that because, I mean, sometimes you get these, these these guys get victories over some fighters that have a name, but does it really mean anything uh, because the fighter really, you know, not that he shouldn't be there, but, you know, it's just there was a um, – who was the guy that people were knocking out? Not, not Charles McCarthy. Charlie – Big black hair oh, from New York, I think. Anyways, people were always getting victories over him. I'm like, okay, but everyone's knocking him out. You know, that, that shouldn't stand much for, for much. But anyways, I digress. Felice Herrig takes out uh, Justine Kish. Justine Kish, in my opinion, uh, despite her accident uh, in the octagon, her punches were far too predictable. Uh, for someone that's yeah. been taking or competing in Muay Thai for so long, there was a really good camera angle that the UFC had when the fight was going on, and you literally saw Justine's right uh, right fist almost by her shoulder as she was yeah. dragging her foot. It's like, oh, my God, you are telegraphing it way too much. Now, she's tough as that. Brenneman, thank you. Thanks, guys. Charlie Brenneman. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it, guys. Um she was predicting. It was just telegraphing like crazy. And I'm like, you can't be doing that, right? So, I mean, your thoughts on that fight in general? I'll parlay this into a fight I saw on, on during the Bellator show. Justin Keish at no point corrected it. 
Heather Hardy, you saw, you saw her do that in the first round of her fight last night. You saw her fighting like a first, like somebody who had just discovered overhand rights, and she's a really good boxer. Yeah, we got to see Heather Hardy grow inside the cage last night at Bellator uh, one eighty against an opponent who was super game. That fight was awesome, by the way. Uh, Alice Yeager. That was a good, good, good fight, and. Justine Keish, for her skill set, did not adapt in the way that she should because Felice Herrick's stand-up didn't look very good either, but her wrestling looked really good. You go for that lazy hip throw that Keish went for, uh, Felice Herrick's taking your back, and she's not letting go, and she stayed on top of Keish for pretty much the duration of three rounds. I think, as I said uh, on, during the show on Tuesday, I think Herrick is incredibly underrated. I don't think – I think that a lot of people overlooked her in general because of how she markets herself. Originally, yeah. I think a lot of people overlooked her because she lost to Paige Van Zant. I think that was more of a good look on Paige Van Zant than a bad look on Felice Herrig, to be honest with you. But Herrig is really underrated, really good. She's got some she got an attitude that kind of rubs people the wrong way, but I thought she did what she had to do to win this fight. She didn't look good on the feet, but Justine Keish didn't either. That was some ugly stuff, but Herrig, Herrig played her game and won. And yeah, I I liked it. What about afterwards in the post-fight interview, which is like, I ain't calling out nobody. UFC doesn't listen. Yeah, I, I don't. I loved it. I don't blame her. <laughs> I loved it. I'm just like, we, I mean, I'm always expecting someone, like when you have the opportunity to call somebody out, that, that's the biggest opportunity. The, pre, the post-fight press conference is not a big opportunity. Uh, it can be. Uh, social media isn't that big. The, that moment after the fight is when everybody is watching that's when you want to call someone out and she's like no nah, you see well, yeah i in a way that she did she called out the ufc so there's that true absolutely all right who's, uh who's dominic reyes fighting next that's what i want to know I who the care. hell is dominic reyes gonna fight somebody somebody like can he fight on, on, on the 7th the 14th the 23rd i'm down i'm ready i talked about how like like i picked him but it was with any real lack of knowing what was going to happen, there's not a lot to review on the guy. He's got a win in three and a half minutes, a win in 55 seconds, a couple of wins in under a minute, a win in a minute and a half, and he's got one fight that went to a decision. All I can say is Kelly Gray, whoever the hell you are, hats off to you for taking whatever it is that Dominic Reyes did to you for three rounds in 2015. (laughs) Because Christensen sure as hell couldn't. That was impressive. That was awesome. We got a 27-year-old light heavyweight prospect, Joe. An honest-to-God prospect. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let's just pull the reins for a second because how many times have we seen this? Right? He's made his octagon debut. It looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, that left hand is scary. Now, let's see him get tested in the UFC. He got that first one on the belt. Pressure, uh, octagon jitters looked absolutely fantastic. Let's see him get tested. Now, unfortunately, he's in a division where, eh, but there are names there that he can compete against and where they can build them. Remember, the best guy in this division isn't the champion. And John Jones is fairly young. So these two guys right now, I mean, DC is older, Shogun's older, DC's a champ, but you know, this is a division that needs an influx and an infusion uh, of some young blood, some new blood, some new talent, and we, we saw I it tonight. saying we're looking at 2007 Rampage Jackson here. I'm just saying <laughs> he's impressive. 
He's he's knocking people out. He's putting people to sleep. See ya, Rumble. We don't need you. What'd you think of the UFC uh, right before the announcement or the official announcement was made? How they had the camera uh, up in Christensen's nose, looking at the, the angle of the nose. Yeah. I was like, guys, that's so mean, man. Come on. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm I'm excited to see Dominic Reyes fight again. There's really all we can say about the fight is it was quick. It was impressive. And WTF when he, when he lands that last yeah. left. I was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, Tim Meade's yeah. taking on Alex Garcia. As much as we are applauding uh, the exceptional performance and striking of Dominic Reyes, uh, or Reyes, Alex Garcia's bout of explosion in the first round looked absolutely fantastic, like he had put a hurting on Tim Means. And then that was it. Barely yep. any more explosive power from Alex Garcia, which I'm very – well, I'm not – overly surprised about it I, I, I was i've known alex for quite some time from the tristar days i've we've always expected so much but just doesn't do it yeah and against him means you can't do that you can't do that he will outlast you he will adapt and he will overcome and, and that's what he did i mean that's kind of the story of his career is adapting and overcoming he got bounced from the ufc fought his way back and has made a He's he's a mainstay. And he fights all the damn time. So, and he always fights. He's fought like three straight fights against people named Alex. Get him in there with somebody else. <laughs> Get him in there with somebody else, please. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, we're good on Tim Means. There was a point in the fight where he was just playing with Alex. If you notice, and that's I don't know if it was the end of the second round or sometime in the third round where he wasn't even throwing the the, the, the punches properly. He was just like almost throwing like these little bitch slaps. Like, eh, eh. yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. Right? It was like, oh, man. But good on Tim Means. He does emerge victorious. We now move on to uh, what may be the most disturbing portion of this podcast, BJ Penn losing to Dennis Seaver. Um, majority decision. I'm done. The, the only reason why I watch BJ Penn fights, uh, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp, is because I have to, because it's my job. I've got to analyze it. I, I, but I don't want to watch any more of his fights. I'm done. It's over. Stop. It was over a while ago. Stop. He had the nice little uppercut in round two, but other than that, God, I don't know how Dennis Seaver at his age still throws with the amount of volume that he does. That's impressive, but if he fights against any top 15 guy, I think Dennis Seaver gets stopped in the first round. It was just a matter of which guy's skills have diminished less, and it's definitely Dennis Seaver. His skills adapt a little bit more. There was a situation where... where um he like went to take down BJ Penn and you saw that flash of brilliance from BJ Penn, that flash, like he had that takedown defense still, especially at single leg. He was able to do it. He would throw the jab out there and you're like, that's the jab. I remember that's the one I remembered. Uh, but then, and the uppercut too. But other than that, it Penn just looked old. That's really all you can say is Penn just looked old. Yeah, Justin H. right now in the chat uh, said BJ Penn was done the moment he got destroyed by ear. I'm going to tell you this, Justin. He was done in the Frankie Edgar fight, the third Frankie Edgar fight, the Ultimate Fighter finale, when he showed up with the with the high with the the straight yeah. arch. I was like, that's it, man. You know, looking like Vega from Street Fighter Two Turbo. You yeah. can't do that against Frankie Edgar, and now he's zero three at featherweight. Let me ask you: Do you think he would do any better if he competed at lightweight at all? No, no, because you know I would even go back maybe to the Nick Diaz fight where it was like, okay, that's it, man. You can't compete at this level anymore. 
you're going to have to start dropping down and take on people or take on other fighters. But BJ doesn't have it anymore. He's a natural-born fighter. I got his book here somewhere, Why I Fight. It's a fantastic read, actually. It's a good read. Um, but he's done. Like, I know I know it's in him. Yeah. They're on the island. In Hawaii, you're, 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 you know, the island, you're, it's almost like you, you have to fight. Everyone knows each other over there, and you got to be able to fight. It uh, doesn't matter, big, small, blah, blah. They used to fight in the front yard, in the backyard. BJ's mom and dad were like, you guys got to stop doing this. But then they go, they go and buy them you know, Christmas gifts with boxing gloves so they can continue fighting. It's just in them. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. It's done. It's, you don't have – like BJ's brain probably says, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Again, but the body can't. It's done. Like it was, to the, it, was, it was to the point when I'm watching the fight against Dennis Seaver where BJ's kind of turning away and it's like, because he has no answer. He's got nothing left. You know, he can't do it. He can't react. He can't stop it. He can't, you know, and it's just like done, man. Like just, I'm hoping that, and that's why I sent off that tweet, Sean. I was just like, look, I hope BJ realizes it. I hope his family realizes it. I hope the UFC realizes it. And I hope commissions all across, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, and I'm also saying this about the Bellator. Like, no, it's done. Let it go. Let's stop. Like his reputation is being tarnished every time he steps in there to compete. Let it go. It's done. Stop, please. Yeah, I I can't just I I don't know what else to add. That's that's exactly how I feel. Or either that, or go to Bellator where you're going to fight some dude who's like fifty. Like if you fight Hoist Gracie, maybe I'm okay with it. But that's that's really that's really all. One thing I noticed, how funny is it that this weekend it was almost like reverse? Usually it's the UFC in Madison Square Garden and Bellator's in like some podunk, like Thackerville or something. (laughs) It's so funny how that was a little bit different. But yeah, BJ Penn, it's up to him. But who I think should retire more than him is whoever gave that 28-28 scorecard. (sighs) Who gave that card? What's he talking about? What is he talking about? I know Texas. 28, 28. I know Texas has arguably the, I don't want to say the dumbest commission, but Oklahoma State or Oklahoma in general, like what? That was weird. Yeah, that was that was odd. Uh, does this do anything for Dennis Seaver? Not a damn thing. Keeps him under contract. All right, fair enough. I thought so. Um, what happened to Eric Koch? He doesn't fight. Because Clay he never Guida, fights. Clay, well, he does, but not a pair. I, I what is it, a Rufus Sport he's, thing? He's got, he's got like two wins in the last almost six years. Was got interesting. Since October 2011, Eric Koch has two wins. That's five and a, over five and a half years, two wins. Shane Campbell and Rafaelo Oliveira know him. I don't. Because hmm. mm-hmm. Shane Campbell got bounced out of the UFC. And Rafaela Oliveira uh, did too. Yeah. And those are the only guys he's beaten since 2011. You make a valid point. You make a valid point. I'm not going to disagree with you. I just, you know, I I hold Eric Koch to a bit of a higher standard than what I saw tonight. But maybe tonight was my awakening, you know, my realization. Well, it's because you you watched him beat guys who had some similar talent. You saw him beat Rivera. You saw him beat a Sun Sao. Even Jonathan Brookins, like, looked like had something back then. He ended up not being what. That that ended up actually being his like downslide, but Eric Koch just ain't that guy, and he was facing a Clay Guida who was back at one fifty five for for the first time in a while and had something to prove, had a job to keep, 
and he ran into Clay Guida, and Clay Guida did what he had to do, and good for good for Clay Guida. Clay looked well, fantastic. It was I mean, it looked yeah, he looked he looked great. Someone had mentioned something to me on on I think it was on one of my social media, Twitter. It might have been Twitter, uh, or could have been my Facebook. Where typical boring Clay Guida fight, he gets a hold of you, takes you down on the ground, and just smothers you. And I was like. Isn't it weird that that's his reputation now compared to what it used to be? But did you not watch the fight? He had, he mounted the guy and was raining down bombs on him. Yeah, we've not seen that out of him in How was that years, boring? If How ever. Was that boring? If, if, I don't remember us seeing that out of Clay Guida in the last several years. It's like he found out he could use more than just his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the top. So I, I liked it. Also, uh, Carla Esparza did what she had to do. That's That's just pretty much standard. Uh, she disguises her punches and her shots very well because you never know which is coming. Because she throws them impressed with her performance. Time. I mean, it was a, it was an okay performance. I mean, she did what she had to do. Uh, so that that was nice. Jeremy Kimball Slice <laughs> knocked punch. out. Hey, you know what? Put Kimball <clears throat> Slice up against. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that was a horrible looking knockout. That was the, one laughed. of the most technically poor knockouts I've ever seen. I just had to bring it up because it happened. Tony Martin, Johnny Case had a really good fight. I like that. That was a good scrap. One, the one thing I really wanted to point out on these prelims, though, was Jared Gordon's corner was awesome. Between round one and two, Jeremy or Jared Gordon's corner was like, no, 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 no. Like he, Jared Gordon was looking for some positive uh, reaction out of his corner. His corner was like, no, no, no. What are you doing? You're letting him think that he belongs in this cage. It's beautiful. Back him down. And do this, and do this, and stop doing this. And he was like, just calm down and listen to me. It was remarkable in how simplistic but effective it was. And in a situation like that, I can't really explain how crucial it is. I've cornered guys before, and sometimes, just like the fighters, sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have the answers, sometimes you don't. And his corner, really, who knows if he needed the answers, but he got some out of his corner, so... Hats off to the corner. Sometimes we don't sing their praises because we don't always get to hear them. But great stuff out of them and great stuff out of Dominic Cruz, as always, yeah. on commentary. Dominic's on point. I'll just say this. Jared Gord taking out uh, Kinonis did piss me off because I called Kinonis' last fight at Titan. So obviously I was rooting for Kinonis in this fight. Oops. Uh, he got TKO'd. Uh, before we move on to the Bellator card, uh, I need your uh, analytical assessment uh, of the belches of Clay Guida in between rounds. I would expect that. He lived in an RV. Which I was supposed to do a feature. We were supposed to do a feature, him and I, uh, with the Sportsnet team in the... We're supposed to do an actual road trip. Uh, wasn't able... They couldn't keep me out. Uh, or sorry, I wasn't allowed to be out of the... Um, what do you call it? The... Uh, uh, the station uh, for more than six days at a time, so we couldn't do it. But uh, it was something that was Dang. going to get done. It would have been absolutely hilarious, but epic, epic belching. Uh, Ooh. Ooh, Dana White went off on uh, Mario Yamasaki. He posted a picture of Mario Yamasaki doing his little heart thing, and it says, Mario Mazagati does it again. This guy is more concerned with doing this dumbass heart bullshit than refing the fight. Steals a great moment from Lee or let Mike fight. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply or tap nobody gives a shit that you can make a heart with your hands like a 12 year old girl they want you to pay attention wait what's going on in the fight and do your job now normally i would say dana white you're out of line i ain't gonna say that i'm not gonna say that dana. is that <laughs> dana dana well yeah I, I I would say that you know I I look at Dana Dana's hilarious he's crazy uh yeah I think I'm gonna agree with him yeah that's um anyways a lot of Dana's boys competed in uh, Madison Square Garden last night uh chill son do you want to wrap up the the UFC card we'll, we'll move on to Bellator right now I think we've wrapped it up I think that's a good Sonnen. way to wrap it up I'll say this about Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva uh I know they're older elder statesman of mixed martial arts. I get that. But I was impressed with Chael. I was not impressed with Vanderlei, obviously, but Chael was motivated. Chael's movement, Chael's you know, rudimentary basics of passing the guard and getting mount or getting past the legs, as, as basic white belt as it was, because that's the stuff you do learn very early on in your, in your grappling career, it works in MMA. And he did it, and he tried, and he was sharp. He was moving. He was quicker than Vanderlei. I don't know what Vanderlei was doing, unless that's just age catching up on Vanderlei or four years uh, of being outside of the cage. We got nothing left in the third round. Don't I mean people are like upset about the the shove in the post fight interview? I'm not surprised. It's Vanderlei. He doesn't like Chael, and he's pissed off. But uh, your well, thoughts? Vanderlei right? doesn't have a damn bit of class either. I'm not going to accuse Chael Sonnen of having any either, uh, but. Vanderlei sure as hell doesn't have any. This fight went, I think, how we thought it would go. Chael repeatedly double-legging Vanderlei Silva. And Vanderlei Silva, an alleged black belt, not being able to do a damn thing, not showing anything beyond blue belt level jujitsu. Maybe not even that at this point, which uh, neither did Eric Koch, by the way. Boss Rutten is somewhere just like throwing shit at his TV, screaming, Buck! Buck the hips! Over and over again. And there were occasions where Chael Sonnen got clipped and looked like he was in trouble. The funny thing is, retired, like, 40-year-old Tito Ortiz getting drunk off his ass and yelling at Chael Sonnen. And Chael Sonnen hilariously saying, I tapped out Tito Ortiz in under two minutes, and Tito was livid. Tito's, like... Summer residence is like the address is getting worked by Chael Sonnen. Like that is his summer home. If you were to write down the address, 
he is just so easy. Tito is such a fucking mark. Oh my God. I can't believe it. He is so full of his own shit that he made the story of Vanderlei versus Sonnen about him. Let it go, dude. Or come back and fight one or the other. Man, that was sad. But good for Chael because, you know, Chael immediately called out Fedor and maybe he'll get the fight. I'm going to say I hope not. I don't think Fedor he should might, be competing. He might, knock, he might knock Fedor out. Yeah. Yeah. He I might mean, do it. Um, Fedor's body clearly, uh, not, not physically, his reaction to anything nowadays is just null and void. I mean, that double knockdown, uh, as cool as it was, was actually hilarious. It happened. They both yeah. get knocked down, but you could see the younger fighter, Mitrione, automatically realize, dude, I'm in a fight. And he comes up, pull, not not the Undertaker, but it, whoop, comes up and he just keeps going. And then you can just see Fader's body go, whoop, see ya, I'm done. I'm all cold. And that shouldn't be happening to fighters in general, especially a legend like that. You know, you should, those are punches that you generally take. I know it's heavyweights, but I think Fader should just hang it up. Like, that's it, dude. Come on. I know people, there's people legit online. I want to see Chael versus Fedor. I really want to see it, but it's only one, per, one person is going to sell that fight. Right? Yeah, he won't. He's making six figures, and all of his buddies are getting booked. Like, he had the balls to say, UFC could have signed me. They could have had me. Yeah, if they wanted to pay you a stupid amount of money that they wouldn't have made back, if they wanted to book all your buddies, and if they wanted to co-promote so they could lose even more money. No. Uh, it's 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 just how it is, man. Whenever he's fighting against a guy that – and Matt Mitrione isn't in his prime, but can defend himself. Yeah. I mean, who are the last few guys he fought? Fabio Maldonado. Fabio Maldonado got bounced out of the UFC's light heavyweight division. Yeah. Jaideep Singh, give me a break, man. Pedro Hizzo, okay. Well, it was – it's Pedro Hizzo. He was like – 207 years old. Maybe maybe like 38, 39, but come on. The Satoshi Ishii fight, that one was suspect to begin with. They started a New Year's countdown 30 seconds after the fight that ended in two and a half minutes. It was scheduled for three five-minute rounds. Well, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just say okay to that one. The guys he's beaten, he's beaten some people that have like minimal name recognition. Like, very, very, very barely. And at the heavyweight, you can't rest on that, especially against a guy like Matt Mitrione, who has competed in the UFC and has beaten guys like uh, like Derek Lewis, who are main eventing UFC shows right now. Yeah, no surprise. Uh, someone, I'm just going to scroll up uh, on the chat here. Uh, BK Esquire, I want to go back for a moment here. He said Madison Square Garden yelling, F.U. Tito was classic. Yeah, they should have too. I'm glad they did. <laughs> it's terrible, guys. You guys are so mean. Um, so mean. He was sitting there trolling Jail Sutton like a child. Okay, I'm not okay. Just for just for a second, you you are correct, and I'll tell you why you're correct. Because as I was watching it, I was in my head. I'm like Tito, just like it's not about you, dude. Just relax. It's not about you. For for a guy who cried like a baby over Forrest Griffin's. Like when Forrest Griffin fought Tito Ortiz and Forrest kind of took the stage, you remember that? And yeah. Tito was pissy about it. And he's like, well, that was my moment. It was my retirement. Well, as it turns out, it was Forrest's retirement. 
and not your retirement, but uh, he, he takes this situation and tries to make it himself. When he retired, and it's two other guys, I don't, man. Egos, man. That's that's one of the reasons why Bellator is able to get some of these guys, though, is because of their ego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Chael called out Rory McDonald, and Rory said, yeah, let's do it. I shit, I would too if I were Rory. That's that's a I'd fight lasts all of a minute. <laughs> I was just gonna say what type of paycheck would that be, but it'd be interesting to see what how you know Chill would just rip him apart nonstop and how Roy would What do you react. think the autopsy would say after that fight? <laughs> that's terrible. Oh my god. Uh yeah, there are some big fights, keyboard fighter. Uh big country versus Mitrion two. That's gonna happen. I think it's going to happen. Uh, lots is going to happen with Bellator. Um, Michael Chandler may not be competing for a while. He may. He might. Um, you know, he, he lost. He, his title's gone. Primus takes it, obviously, uh, with the TKO of the ankle injury. And I posted online after, because as soon as I saw it, uh, there's been a few mixed martial arts boats, Sean, uh, in various organizations where I catch right away when someone's ankle rolls or breaks. Why? I've had mine done three times. Twice on my left side, once on my right side. I can I know what it feels like and I know what it looks like. And some dude rips me on social media, an MMA guy media guy I've never heard of before. He's and I cause after the event, I'm like, or after the fight was over, um, I was talking to someone online and he's like, How long is he gonna be out for? I said, Well, I was out for about five weeks and I was back on the mats around six. I'm like, this guy's an elite athlete, maybe sooner. Uh, I chose different type of medication than mm-hmm. most people uh what their doctors had prescribed i chose not to i i let's just say i was inhaling stuff as my medication <laughs> uh i healed pretty quick but uh, ended up breaking it i think it was the se- first or second time back on the mats but anyways i know what it feels like it's a and this guy rips me he's basically like yeah that's what i wa- that's what i want to read some middle-aged mma journalist telling me about telling him about an injury from a, an elite athlete i'm like it's your problem dude like, like it's the internet you? man like how about like what kind of loser pills are you on or did they run out like what's wrong with you anyways like just <laughs> a jerk off anyways brett Pr- primus is now the champ he takes chandler's belt in obviously uh controversial fashion it, it i mean i this hashtag was the easiest one i've ever posted online hashtag you know, I, I looked i looked at the tweet you're giving this guy too much credit he's got like no followers Come on. Oh, okay. Not that that matters. Not that that matters about somebody's opinion, but he can barely compose a sentence. All right. Cool. Here, here's the funny thing. Primus <laughs> was like taking credit for it. He's like, yeah, I get people with that in training all the time. That's <sighs> the line you use, though. That's the line you use, though, right? Like like I've, I've always said, if I were to fight and somebody slipped on a banana peel, I would take that win. Not only that, I would say – Oh yeah, I get them with the banana peel all the time in training. Like I throw them out there, they slip on them. That's what you say. Who? Because uh, because Weidman said that after the the Anderson Silva thing too. I was like, yeah, I bet you're compound fracturing people's legs at Sarah Longo all the time, right? Well, it's actually Ray Longo in an interview that said, yeah, it's called it's something that they trained. Uh, oh, what was it called? No, I'm not going to remember, but yeah, they they specifically trained that type of check for the kick, and I was like. Okay. Well, they should. They they should all. I hope they force their opponents to not turn the hip whenever they throw the <laughs> kick because that's what did it, not the check. But anyway, 
good good for premise, I guess. Chandler's out of there. Here's the real question of the night. Which Pitbull brother's getting this title shot? Oh, my God. That's because Patricky's fighting Ben Henderson, but Patricio's got that featherweight title. You know they would love to build a show in Thackerville, Oklahoma. <laughs> champion versus champion. Throw it on a Bellator show. Uh, go find John Hess and whatever relic they can track down. And say, John Hess. Oh, my God. <laughs> Vinny Fernando's on fire. Jordan Lane's on fire. Guys, don't forget, live chat, top right of your screen. Yeah, uh, he, go ahead. It was, it was sad to watch Chandler stumble and fall and try to get back up. And then he clipped him and almost beat him. That was sick. That then was the crazy. ref's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, man, come on. Yeah. That's a situation where I'm like, okay, let him go. I'm okay with it. Let him go. But I, you know, I don't know how many more of those ankle kicks he could have taken. I, I, I <laughs> at the risk of vomiting right now <laughs> on this podcast, I, I might just do that because I know that the morning after, Sean, have you ever b- busted your ankles? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, my left one twice real real bad and actually the morning my wife after what does it feel like oh it's terrible it looks like it looks like a purple watermelon is attached to your foot yep. it's horrible and what does it feel like when you get out of bed it, let me i'm trying to explain it feels like you got a giant tumor attached to your ankle like the instep between your ankle and your actual foot fold it you can't you can't flex it you can't do anything it feels horrible wow, what, remember, what were you looking for well i remember the morning uh i woke up after the injury and obviously had to go take a shower and you know where i was living at the time we didn't have stand-up shower well, we had the shower but it was in a tub like now i got a stand-up shower i open the door and i just walk in this was i had to get into the tub and didn't realize you should probably sit on the tub turn get on your right foot and lift yourself up. Well, I decided to some way, somehow get my left ankle over and that the pain that went through my body as my teeth nearly all popped out of my mouth, my temples were almost exploding. My (laughs) heart jolted everything. I was like, I, it was the worst pain I've ever felt as a human being. I mean, I've, I've, Busted up everything because of jujitsu and Muay Thai and blah, blah, blah. But that was the worst pain. That was the worst pain um, I ever felt. Anyways, irregardless. I've still not recovered fully from, from mine. It's been, ten, it's been nine years and almost ten years since my injuries. And it's still not completely. It, it, it's the kind that sticks with you at least a little bit. Now, we assume Chandler will be out. He may get surgery. Uh, we'll say six to eight weeks. Uh, do you think this rematch is next for Brent? I don't think that's next for Brent, but I think it's next for Chandler. All right. Makes sense. Uh, or a title shot is next for Chandler. Unless he just wants to beat premise. Then when he comes back, cause I think he's going to miss a while. You think it'd be out for more than two, three months. Yeah. And I think they'll, they'll try to book premise pretty soon. I mean, he barely took any damage and, there's a pit bull brother out there who needs a main event. So, uh, there's some weirdo on the uh, chat. You want to take a look at that? Uh, Aaron Pico, the hype train. 
uh, Zach Freeman put on a uh, 24 second, uh, I guess you could say stellar performance. I personally wasn't buying the Aaron Pico hype only because I've heard and seen so many different people that get hyped up. And I'm like, you got to make your debut, man. You got to fight two or three times before I could say this guy's or this girl is good. Uh, Imagine, imagine saying things like shock the world and what an upset when a guy who is eight and two beats a guy who is zero and zero. (laughs) I don't know what you've done before that until you get in the cage and show me that you can do it. I don't believe it. Heather Hardy is an unbeaten boxer and Alice Yeager, whose nickname is the soccer mom. And she's like four and seven hung with her for quite a while. So, I mean, like, you never know. They can't all be Tyrell Fortune. They can't all be, like, just so dominant like that. So, hey, Zach Freeman made a name for himself. And may have got some extra work. Yeah, hell yeah. That press conference, the press conference was classic. <laughs> no one's giving him any attention. He's like, what do you do? Why? I, I think I'm the only guy up here that still has a full-time job. And it was asked, well, what do you do? Well, I install industrial, this, this, and that. I think I did this building, and if MSG needs this or that, he's like selling his job. I'm like, this guy's a legend. I love this guy. So good for him and, and a great job. Uh, and he, you know, he, he stops the hype train. I'm sure Pico will likely have a fantastic career. Uh, he ran into a wall. I think it was Jordan Lane on the chat that basically said, made a good point. Uh, yep, I think the big stage and bright lights definitely got to him. You can make that argument uh, because I'm sure that's a submission he's been in before. Should have got out of. Just bright lights. Done. So, yeah. No? Definitely. He's a, he's a young dude. He'll be fine. But I believe so. 20, uh, 20 years old. He's he's. And he's uh, he, the guy he faced was real big, lightweight too, real big, lightweight. Yeah, um, Douglas Lima taking out Lorenz Larkin. Do you think now people will start respecting Douglas Lima a little bit more? Yeah, that's a bummer for Bellator. <laughs> they they signed these guys, which I mean, Phil Davis got beat by another guy they signed, but Douglas Lima is the real deal. Do I? How do I think this would go in a? You know, this is one of those fights where I think if they fought 10 times, maybe go five and five, six and four type of thing. But, Joe, what's the term you use? It's like professional sparring. That's that's the feeling I got during this fight. Nobody wanted to pull the trigger. Nobody wanted to go for it. And that used to be like the exact opposite of Douglas Lima, like that 2012 to 2014 run that he had where he was just killing people dead. I think it was even before that. It was like 2011. But he was just killing people dead. And Lorenz Larkin's also a good story, a guy who whose career looked like it was about done, and then he switched weight classes and has done well. But I was expecting something more, and I didn't get it. I actually enjoyed the fight. I actually enjoyed it. I thought Douglas and Lawrence put on a good show, and I think Douglas proved to me, not to me, but hopefully proved to a lot of people that he is one of the best welterweights in the world. Uh, I can pretty much hang with anybody uh, in the UFC. I have no ifs, ands, 
or doubts about that. Uh, I've always thought he was a fantastic fighter, just obviously competing at Bellator, not as many eyeballs are, are on him. The one thing that Lorenz Larkin, the one thing I love about Lorenz's style is I'd be so scared to be standing in front of a guy whose who's le- who's rear foot drags the way it does because you know that thing is going to come at my rib cage or my head with like a baseball bat. So anyone that's ever followed Rens Larkin, I give every one of them kudos because that, that, that guy kicks hard, man. So uh, good for Douglas. He retains the title. He's got a date with Rory McDonald. Rory said he's not, he could care less about the performance, wasn't impressed by it, uh, was underwhelming, I believe he said. Uh, and Douglas Lima basically said he knows Rory's next and he's going to show him what a true fight looks like. I thought that the I didn't think the fight was impressive, but I did think the performance was impressive. I thought that Lima being able to win that type of fight with Lorenz Larkin was very impressive. I just didn't particularly enjoy it that much. Fair enough. Ryan Bader, Phil Davis do the rematch, and I'm pretty sure it was the most booed fight in the building. And this is a fight that if you ran it ten times, ten times you will get a split decision. <laughs> Every single time. Phil Davis, it, I, he's not going to do it because he's, he'll be 33 this year and he's fought for nine years. But how are you a world champion light heavyweight and you still lift up your feet when you strike? You lift up your back foot when you strike. Especially when you are built like an action figure and you have his his 79-inch reach isn't really indicative of his reach because – his legs are so long, too. You're, you're taking away the power out of your punches. You're taking away a lot of your technique by doing that. Unfortunate. And uh, you got to say, Bellator made the right call putting Pico on the main card over this. Looking back at it, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Or maybe not because that Pico fight would have probably driven more people to buy the pay-per-view. Why are, we, why are we saying the Pico fight? That's wrong. It's not the Pico fight. It's the Zach Freeman fight. So do you think that – here's another one for you. Bellator loves to do this. Bader versus King Mo, right? That's the fight. That's the fight. King Mo won his last fight. Now, I know he's like two and two in his last four, but he's getting that title shot, right? Unless they re-sign Emmanuel Newton because Emmanuel Newton will go and fuck everything up <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. That's so right. Somehow. You're so right. Um, I'm. I'm. So I. I've, I have some interesting, crazy, stupid. I'm an idiot. News. Um, James Gallagher takes out Chinzu Machida. Now, when I was in Bahrain two years ago, um, John Cavanaugh was there as one of the guest instructors for the Prince, including Hensel Gracie, Frankie Edgar, Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, Jose Short or yeah, Jose Shorty Torres was there. That's when I first met uh, Shorty Torres, who's the Titan FC bantamweight and flyweight champion. I'm pretty sure if I'm not, I'm, the only reason why I say I'm an idiot is I've got a hard drive here, but a terabyte that died on me, and I think it's going to cost me three grand to fix it. Okay, yeah. I'm pissed because I'm pretty sure James Gallagher was with us um, in Bahrain. This kid's funny. If it's him, I'm, pre- I'm I'm just drawing a major blank. I may have to just scroll through my Instagram to see if it was him. But if it's the right guy that I'm thinking about, this dude's hilarious. He's fearless. He was in there with anyone and everyone, with Khabib, Frankie, whatever, and he just doesn't care. He's a bad, bad man. 
and he took out Chinzo Machida by a rear naked choke. I was with the quickness. Yeah, I was impressed. I was too. Uh, Very good performance. He's a guy that Bellator is always like, hey, this is the guy. Like they'll send me media stuff about him an awful lot. Like they they think the world of James Gallagher, and they signed him early. They signed him earlier than, like definitely than the UFC would. because I think he was 3-0 and when they signed him. He had several amateur fights as well. But all of a sudden, he's a year in, he's 4-0 and in Bellator, and his last three fights are finishes. His last two fights are finishes under three minutes. He's a really spectacular dude. He's 20 years old. He is a guy to look for. Like, he is a guy to watch. I love Jack Gallagher. And as somebody mentioned in our chat, it's a shame he's going to be compared to Connor his whole career because – he is confident in Irish. Uh, Vinny Fernando mentioned that. Yeah, he, he will be. Now, the thing is, it's, it's unfortunate because no matter how good he is in the cage, you ain't going to be any better than Connor outside the cage, and that's that's a tough act to follow, but very impressive, like I've, James Gallagher. I'm actually on my Instagram right now. Is he there? What? I just want to make sure it was him because if it was him, I'm dying. I'm gonna start dying of laughter because the kid's nuts. Oh, it's not showing it. Sorry, man. Um, the comparison to Conor McGregor, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's gonna be there. Uh, but if if it's the right guy, it's hilarious. Anyways, uh, you mentioned her name numerous times tonight. Heather Hardy uh, taking on the soccer mom, Alice Yeager. Uh, Heather Hardy's a badass. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, she's 35 right now. She didn't box until she was 30. I'm like, my God, what if she would have discovered boxing and combat sports 15 years ago? You think? What about 10 years ago? I don't know if any of you all saw her her interviews, but they were fantastic. They were really good. Like, she, she she's got a magnetic personality, especially after the fight. When Jimmy Smith was in there and said, yeah, you knocked her down. And it looked like you were like almost waiting for a standing eight count. And she goes, nah, I just wanted her to get up so I could punch her some more. That's like <laughs> punching her. That's all. I was like, my God, this woman. But the unfortunate thing is she's 35 years old. Looks like she could be in a little bit better shape. But what, what better shape are you going to get in in Bellator? You're not going to drop to 115. Mm-mm. They don't have a 115 division. Um, her first round was worrisome. Like she was in love with that Chuck Liddell overhand, right? Yeah. She, yeah. Like I haven't seen somebody throw that many in a long time, at least in a cage. I've seen some people throw them like at bars, maybe like spamming them, but I was over the moon about her. I was over the moon about her opponent who came in and we say it, they were trying to get Heather Hardy a win and it's funny because Heather Hardy is still an active boxer. Lou DiBella and Bellator are going to co-promote with her and like send her back and forth and find her matchups. She was supposed to fight Invicta earlier this year, and the, the opponent pulled out, and she sunk all this money into training. So she was just like, I'm taking late-notice fights now. That's just how I'm going to do it. Wow. And in Bellator, that's a good thing because Bellator's always got a card that they need to fill out. Something always happens. You always got that situation, but – this is a girl who I think a lot of because she got into uh, boxing. She, her first uh, pro boxing fight was 2012, uh, and in three like three or four months, she fought three times. 2013, 
she fought four times. 2014, I think it was five or six. 2015, four or five. 2016, three or four. And she's already fought three times this year. So she knows that she's no spring chicken, and she's capitalizing on her window. And this is what I want you to comment on, Joe. We're in a situation where she says she's taking MMA fights for the money. She said she got paid more last night than any time she's ever boxed. And she is the WBC International Female Featherweight Champion. People don't realize how much money boxers don't make. They think that all boxers make something akin to what Mayweather and Pacquiao make. They don't. They don't make that. If you're on that undercard, it's just, you know, maybe because you're in the MMA bubble and you don't realize it, but there's people in the boxing world that are saying the same thing, and they've been saying it for years. They just don't make that much money as much as you think. And boxing's been around for much longer, but it's also a sport that's taken a massive, massive hit over the past 15, 20 years. So the fact that you have a fighter who's technically a champion, although an international champion, but a champion in boxing coming over to mixed martial arts and saying, I'm doing it because I need the money. Bad state of affairs. And this is... It was so cool to also hear her talk about before the fight. She's she's a Brooklyn girl, and she was from across the bridge. She was a Barclays Center staple. She's fought there like six or seven times over the last couple of years. And Bellator said last week, like Scott Coker took that little shot at the UFC, which he doesn't usually do. He said, we're a New York company. We're not a Las Vegas company. Well, that was Kevin K. Oh, Kevin K. Sorry. Yeah. But if you're a New York company, this girl is somebody you want to help put some asses in the seats locally because she is a local girl. She has fought over 20 times there. And I'm not talking 20 times over years. 20 times like over the past few years. People have accidentally walked into buildings in the last couple of years and watched her fight. So this you could have a lot worse than than Heather Hardy. I think a lot of her Maybe not as like a dominating figure moving forward in Bellator, but as someone Bellator can use to help further their brand and help further themselves as a company. And it's one of those underrated things. Like we talked about Lee Kiesa being this main event. Well, it was Kiesa's territory. That's why they did it. They were hoping that Kiesa would put asses in seats. So, yeah, far worse could happen. All right, anything else you want to close off with? Because Isaiah Russell on the chat says, do you think the UFC will cut Johnny Hendricks? I personally will not be surprised. I know he may have two fights left on his contract. I will not be surprised. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. Uh, there's, normally, I don't think they would because he's a former champion, but I think they're sick of his shit. So, yeah. Hey, guys, visit FightfulPods.com. Also, uh, post-Raw, post-Smackdown shows, Holy Smokes MMA podcast, Tuesday at 3 uh, the list in your boy, Wednesday at three. This week on press conferences, I'm talking to Josh Barnett, Kenny Omega, and uh, Cody Rhodes ahead of the New Japan G1 specials from America, Saturday and Sunday. We have coverage of those. Even though the Sunday show doesn't air in the U.S. until the following week, we will be covering the New Japan coverage of it. Also, Slammiversary next Sunday. I will go live with a podcast right after whichever one of those shows, those Sunday shows, and last. So I'll I'll probably come solo on that one. But yeah, lots of stuff. Anna has her Glow review up. I've got my new feature on Robber Squashes in wrestling. We've got interviews with uh, the Ring of Honor team, War Machine. Don't worry, we didn't go to a prison and interview uh, D-Bag War Machine. We got lots of stuff at Fightful.com. I'm talking tons of stuff. Tomorrow, a bit of a controversial piece, but 
Brandon Howard did a 10-year retrospect on the Chris Benoit situation. It's something that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with, but I always urge my writers and freelancers to step out of their comfort zones and to show you what kind of a person that uh, Brandon is. He is donating his his earnings from that to uh, places like the Sports Legacy Institute and uh, NAMI, and I've decided to match whatever he puts in there as well because I just thought that was something that needed to be touched on. I think it was too big of a thing to completely ignore, especially in today's concussion landscape. So be on the lookout for all this stuff, guys. Tons of stuff. Pacquiao fights next Saturday. There's a post-show on that. Uh, Steve and Carlos will have you there. So lots of stuff going on, Joe. Fightfulpods.com. Go there, too. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to endeavor to get a hold of a certain Frank Trigg. Uh, to discuss just to get his thoughts on Yamasaki. <laughs> I almost want you to track down Pearson just to hear what he has to say about the old guys, too. Yeah, uh, I was thinking that if I can get both of those two gentlemen some way, somehow, on Tuesday's edition of the Holy Smokes podcast, it could get <laughs> ugly. Uh, that's what I will try and do. There may be a, a UFC fighter that may join me as well, uh, a Canadian who has a fight coming up. I'm working on that as well. So Tuesdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, Holy Smokes podcast with yours truly and Sean Rossap. Uh, for all of you who joined us tonight, we thank you very much live after the UFC OKC event. Uh, we thank you as always for your comments. Make sure you spread the news. Uh, we're trying to get as many people to enjoy uh, a different take on mixed martial arts. Uh, we do the recaps. We give some good opinion uh, and some different thoughts. And we have some fun, especially when uh, you know Sean Rossap loses his mind. Uh, you want to see him continue to lose his mind and, and post pictures about cats and stuff? Please, by all means, follow him online at Sean Rossap. You can follow yours truly uh, at Showdown Joe. I haven't posted Post much on my Instagram. of a hog today. You did? Yeah, I got Yesterday, hungry. I was at a hog roast. I got kind of hungry when I saw that, which is disturbing if you're a vegetarian out there. We apologize uh, or <laughs> vegan. Um, I apologize to everyone who follows me on Instagram as I haven't been posting too much. Why? Because I've been in this office for the better part of four days, with the exception of putting out the pool for my son, because uh, I'm trying to finalize some business stuff, but I'll be getting out uh, this week and next. So uh, who knows what kind of stupid, dumbass selfies I'll be posting uh, or what I'm doing, <laughs> but uh, I'll be out uh, taking care of some stuff uh, this week. So please, actually, last, la- last pitch. Sorry to interrupt. Follow us on Instagram at Fightful Online. I've started to update that. There we go. At Fightful Align on Instagram as well. So give that a follow. And don't forget, Tuesday, more mixed martial arts stuff. Probably Frank Trigg losing his marbles on Yamasaki. Pearson losing his marbles on anything and everything Bellator. Uh, And Sean and I trying to keep those two uh, in check. And then Sean loses his mind. But anyways... We thank you, everyone. Spread the word. If you're listening later on on iTunes uh, and on Stitcher, we thank you as well. Uh, We'll catch you guys Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Holy Smokes podcast. Till then, ciao for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.